But what always happens with speculative manias, and we've seen this in history with tulips and beanie babies and all kinds of different things, is once that sort of inflection point is hit and people start to go, wait, does this actually have value? And then they start selling, everyone starts selling, and then it crashes down. on everybody welcome to the bituation room podcast good to be here good to have you here on the other side of your black mirror or wherever you are currently watching from uh, maybe you got a big old you know flat screen maybe you got a projector um i am super happy to have you here another week in America, KKK. Um, no, we have a very good show. Uh, comedian Atsuko Okatsuka is here. You might know her from TikTok, from Instagram, from the Drop Challenge, from stand up comedy. Uh, she's amazing and wonderful and a friend. And I'm so happy to have her on the show, uh, as well as the creator of Web3, which is a website that catalogs the Griffs of the blockchain crypto NFT world. That is the job of my guest, Molly White. Uh, And I'm super happy to have her along. She's also a software engineer. Um, And uh, did I say, what did I say? Web3 is growing great is what it's called. That's the website. I'm being corrected. Um, Slash thrown off my game by my producer. I'm just kidding. Uh, what's going on? Uh, everybody, if you're here live, um, be of any of those. And uh, why don't you share and like the stream right now? Just a little like button. Even if you're not here live, share and like the stream anyway. Anytime. You can like it anytime. There's no more downvoting. I love it. Um, also, if you're listening as a podcast, a couple quick notes. If you are listening on Facebook, There are a few of you, I believe. Uh, Facebook is no longer in the podcast business. In fact, very soon, Facebook podcasts are going to be going away. They're going to be going night-night forever. So you need to get your ass over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever thing you use uh, to listen to podcasts. So do that. Just make a mental note. Um, Everyone... If you don't know how to do that, I don't know, ask someone under the age of 30 to help you do that. Um, I love encountering like my mom's friends are like, oh, podcasts. Yeah, I never I still don't know how to do that. I'm like, oh, my God. Rudy Giuliani has a fucking podcast um, anyway. And if he can figure it out, there's hope for us all. Um, we are also doing, in addition to this show in which we're going to go into crypto, we're going to talk about Biden's uh, disinformation board, which was scrapped. We're going to talk about the world of Elon Musk, the wide, wide world of Elon Musk and his little baby weenie. Um, We also do bonus content every single damn week because this show is 100% sponsored by you all. I am a podcast that is affiliated with the TYT network. Um, I wish that meant it was raining cash. Sadly, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. So this podcast needs you. It needs you guys to support it. Even at a five buck a month level helps 
every single week me to do this show. And it doesn't help me form sentences, but it does do that. And by becoming a patron, you get special access to Patreon-only bonus content. Uh, Y'all know it's the bonus bish after every single show. It's 10, 15, sometimes even 20 minutes of bonus content with a story uh, that we just couldn't fit into the main rundown. And this week, we're going to be talking about strippers in Los Angeles organizing for their rights. That's right. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. You don't want to miss this story. Very excited. They are, I've just, they're incredibly inspiring and kind of, the dopest picketers and the coolest picket line I've ever seen. So stay tuned for that, Frantifa. Um, but if you don't have a Patreon or you don't want to sign up or whatevs, TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash Up. You can always tip the show. Always welcome. Always the best. And with that, everyone get your bitch caps on. Let's do this. What are you bitching about today? There's so much to bitch about in my world. Uh, I have big, big ticket items, you know, like why are there so many pedophiles uh, in the Republican Party? But like, I don't have time to get into that. Um, I am also gestating another human life right now. I am in constant fear that that is going to like somehow not go well, even though all signs are like everything's good. But, you know, I have like halting fear that Mostly I'm going to get into a car accident and it'd be terrible. And then cue music. It'd be like a whole lifetime movie, um, which will be the perk of uh, that trauma. But anyway, I've got a lot of things I'm bitching about, a lot of things I'm worried about. Uh, But the one thing I wanted to zero in on is uh, very important to me. And that is, I think my neighbor should wash my car. Let me explain. My neighbor has... I think four or five cars. He like collects them. That's fine. Uh, It's all good, homie. If you can do that, that's great. I like my neighbor a lot. He's a very nice guy. He also washes them in next to my dirty Prius. Okay. Now, what happens? Sometimes when he washes them, some of that water, that water splatters onto my Prius, right? So my dirty Prius is even dirtier. Now I know what you're thinking, but your car's already dirty. Yeah, but was it that dirty? You know what I'm saying? Like I know which ones were like, I can see the the bird doo-doo versus like where you spritzed my car because you were washing your car. Here's the thing. All good, but just maybe hose down my car a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like you already got, you got the soap out, you got your hose out. Just go for it. What's one more car? You got five of them. Add another. Please wash my Prius. And I think that's the the right thing to do. If I accidentally spritzed my neighbor's car, you know, once you spritz, you just, you got to make a commitment is what I'm trying to say. And uh, yeah, I just, I think my neighbor should wash my car. He's probably got a lot on his mind. I don't think he's watching the show right now. I hope he's not listening. But uh, if you are, uh, Henry, Maybe one time, you know, I'll cook you food. You wash my car. I feel like this is a Reddit thread at this point. All right. There's a lot more pressing issues in the world, and we're going to get to half of them today. So with that, uh, joining me for the hour, super excited to have him. Stand-up comedian, appeared on The Late Late Show with James Corden on Hulu, on Adult Swim, tours all over the goddamn country, and is big on TikTok. 
and on Instagram and on all the things and has the most adorable family one could ever wish for. Please welcome Atsuko Okatsuka. Yay. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yay. You get the stand-up intro. (laughs) So sweet. That was so sweet. Uh, (laughs) Hi, Fran. Hi. I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. That's a good point you make about your uh, neighbor there and just water in general, if it's already on, you know. Exactly. There's always plenty of water to go around for now. Yeah, I mean, but if it's already on, right? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, what's a little bit longer? I totally agree with you. (laughs) And it got me thinking. I was like, oh, it got me thinking about my neighbor. I don't I don't like to talk about them because they like own a store. So here I am talking about them. And now you know that they own a store. They're store owner. They're they're small business owners, like in a in their obnoxious way or in a like you know, like, no, I have to support them. And they're, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, we should support them. You know, they have like, I think, four, four of the stores. Oh, no, that's oh, a chain. That's four of all the stores? That's way too many stores. To okay, own. okay, yeah, small business, but like turn bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, I think there's one in Japan even. Oh, um, oh, shit. Yeah, so maybe they're okay. Yeah, anyway, they're probably fine. What are you bitching you about? <laughs> yeah, support your local neighbor store owner. And I'm kind of like, if you have four stores, you know, can we have one? You know, I mean, Japan was my home country, you know. And uh, anyway, so that's you know, that's not what I'm bitching about, but it made me think, share the wealth kind of thing. Absolutely, too, my neighbors. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I like how I start with car wash, and you're like, give me your store. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, I'm half Japanese, you know. Exactly. He's, he's not. There you go. Yeah. It's because there's other grievances uh, there, no, you know. I that's tell. that's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anyway, that's. but I won't bitch about that. <clears throat> it's not really a bitching thing. I think it's more like a thing that I realized, like, as I've been looking around. And it's, it's about, like, artistic process mm-hmm. and uh, how I was like, you know, I think the worst thing you can do for your artistic process is brand yourself as too cool. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, that really uh, applies to all kinds of uh, fields. It doesn't have to just be artists. Sure. Yeah. The moment you you stop, like you act like you don't give a fuck anymore, there's no room to grow. Mm, I like that. And yet I've heard of people getting jobs when they like waltz in there and are like, honestly, I don't need this and I don't want this. And they're like, you're hired. And I'm like, I wish I could emulate that cavalier, I don't need money attitude. Sure. Uh, I think that's hard. A hundred percent. Yeah. It goes back to the, like, the harder you are to get, the more people want you, but that's just to get your foot in the door. But like, are you happy at the end of the day? You know, not to bring like some Buddhist monk vibes, but you know, like, sure you got your foot in the door, but there's no room for growth really. Cause like you got in on the attitude that like, Oh, I don't really care. I don't really need this job. So once you're there, how are you going to upkeep that attitude? Cause you right. need the job. Right. You right, obviously right. do care like a lot. You just like stop working as hard when someone walks by your desk. You're like, Oh, sound even for fuck it. You're just like on the keyboard. <laughs> I guess so. But like, you know, eventually that's going to get annoying, even for the people who hired you and your coworkers. Sure. I definitely think that once you've boxed yourself into a, yeah, a persona of I am sort of unapproachably cool, then you will just be unapproachable 
always. And it's not a, like, that's not a brand I could ever pull off. And I think I I will speak for you and say, I don't think you could pull that off either. You definitely cannot pull that. (laughs) You're approachable as fuck. Even if you're like twerking in people's faces, you're, you're like insanely sweet and you kind of are like, like strangers talk to you, right? Atsuko? Yeah, for sure. I think it's about like being vulnerable and open to like, uh, to change instead of, you know, um, like a certain aesthetic. I'm trying to think of somebody. I don't know if there's someone in politics. I think everyone cares too much. So there isn't, I'm trying, I don't know if there's like an apathetic figure um, that I can use as an example, but Um, yeah. I mean, I can think of names, but I don't want to say them on air, but like, (laughs) but yeah, I I, I feel (laughs) you and I support, I underline that. I, I agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. this show mm-hmm. will never be too cool, guys. I want everyone to know. Approachable. Cool. Yes, super approachable. Um, patreon.com slash bituation room. All right. Let's get into this week. So much happened. Um, as a little summation, um, let's go. Move over, COVID-19. There's a new virus sweeping the globe, and it's called monkeypox. It's transferred from wild animals to humans. And can also be transferred sexually. And apparently the smallpox vaccine is effective against uh, monkeypox. But I personally can't wait for a new class of anti-vaxxers to throw like monkeypox parties where they just fuck a bonobo to own the libs. Yeah. (laughs) Let them. Let (laughs) them. I think they should do it. And then like we can we have we have an exciting thing to talk about where it's not as upsetting because then we can we'll just get the vax, the smallpox vax. And and right. They'll be sleeping with monkeys. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, they have to go to bed knowing they did that. (laughs) Uh, First, they have to trap it. It's a whole thing. Animal rights people will have a field day. Anyway, Alexandria. I forgot about that. (laughs) Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is engaged. Raise a glass to her and pour one out for the thousands of sad MAGA boys listening to Adele and burning their AOC fleshlights right now while hate tweeting her because that is exactly <laughs> what's happening. Um, Madison Cawthorn, after blowing the whistle on the GOP's cocaine infused orgies, lost his election on Tuesday night and then immediately invoked the power of dark MAGA to come take over the country. And no one's really sure what Dark Maggot is. Um, Is it a collection of memes on 4chan or is it the Republican safe word? We don't want to (laughs) know. CPAC isn't hungry because it is thirsty for Viktor Orban. Their conference included speakers like Mark Meadows, Jack Posebic, Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump, who spoke alongside a Hungarian talk show host who referred to Jews as, quote, stinking excrement. You know, it's amazing. Like, time travel is not real, but hungry is. And I feel like if you want to travel to the U.S. in the future, just visit hungry. Um, It is the America of the future and the past. It is Mm -hmm. the multiverse of fascism. You're in all places. Like, everything... All the time, all at once, everything all at once, or whatever that movie's called. Damn yes. it, I always forget. You had it, you had it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. A hundred percent. Is it like, hungry? It's exactly, just like that. Yeah. Except diversity and gay people. That that's not there. Yeah, uh, high higher stakes, I guess. 
Um, Tuesday night was the primaries in multiple states, including Pennsylvania and Oregon. In PA, there were huge progressive victories from Summerlee in the 12th Congressional District. John Fetterman, who won the Democratic Senate primary while he was in the hospital recovering from a stroke. Meanwhile, as to which GOP candidate will challenge him, Trump endorsed Dr. Oz, leads David McCormick by less than a thousand votes. So there's going to be probably another recount or a recount and mail-in ballots are still being counted. Trump himself is calling on Dr. Oz to simply declare victory and he's angry about how slow the count is going and is asking, quote, are we a third world nation? Huh. Let's see. Uh, a television millionaire backing a television doctor and telling him to seize power. Yes. Yes. We are a third world nation. We have definitely achieved that status. And finally, with monkeypox. With monkey, so much monkeypox. Finally, Tucker Carlson and his family once begged his favorite scapegoat. This is real. Hunter Biden for a recommendation to get his son Buckley into Georgetown University. That is according to the Washington Post. This is like finding out that Candace Owens, I don't know, sued for racial discrimination and won. Or like an anti-choice GOP aide was just sentenced to child pornography for child pornography. You know what I mean? Or wait a minute. All of those things are fucking true. For everything else, this is the week where. Okay, this was the week where the most online billionaire Elon Musk again grabbed headlines, this time by announcing that he is now voting Republican. And here's why. According to him, he tweeted on May 18th, in the past, I voted Democrat because they were mostly the kindness party, but they have become the party of division and hate, so I can no longer support them and I will vote Republican. Now, watch their dirty tricks campaign against me unfold. Dot, dot, dot. Popcorn emoji. The party of kindness is now the Republican Party. Atsuko, does this, does this check out? Oh, yeah, it does. A hundred percent. No, but the popcorn emoji is like, you only use it when you're like smirking, you know. I would. I'm like, wipe that. What's that line Parker Posey says in um, Dazed and Confused, where she's like, wipe your smile off your face, bitch, or whatever. <laughs> I don't that know. Whole, I don't. Okay, well, that's what. That's how I met her. Was her saying that, you know, while she was like initiating a bunch of younger girls who were like going into the ninth grade or something oh yeah um, i prefer her like bumblebee like freak out in uh best in show like it's a bee that is my parker posey fate mm, but anyway yeah but yeah kind of <laughs> like that it's like wipe that smile off your face bitch like that whole tweet i'm just annoyed of it from the beginning because it's like yeah you're 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 doing the whole like i'm i'll be eating my popcorn i'll be watching you get wild you know yeah, what's uh, he knows? For me, it's like he knows something's about to happen. He wants you know to some that something's about to happen. He's gonna he's watching. He'll be watching mm-hmm. with yeah. I mean, hand. we yeah, like we know that he's like covering up for something and all that. It's so for me, I'm more petty. I'm like fuck, fuck your attitude. Wipe that smile off. <laughs> it annoys me. Like, before you even say words, you joining the Republican Party, that doesn't even annoy me as much as, like, 
popcorn the emoji. Popcorn thing. Yeah, stop being too cool. Stop trying to be cool. That's I mean, talk, what it is. You about- care so much. Yes, exactly. It's that whole like apathetic, like, I don't care. Yeah. Go ahead, cancel me. That kind of thing. When it's like you care so much, you're so scared of being canceled. You don't. You're like so scared. It's true. Like, that's why you got so rich in the first place because you like, wanted people to like you so bad. It's that. Whole, it goes back to that. And, whole and thing even where then, to brand yourself as too cool. Exactly. And even then, like if I, my only wish is that if I ever come into a lot of money and meaning like work hard and get money because that's the way you do it again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then, yeah, like yeah. i would at least not be so online i'd be like oh remember money yeah the, remember that you have money oh hell yeah rather than yeah. like constantly seeking random people's approval but of course he, he is saying watch their dirty tricks watch how they might cancel me may 19th the day after he posts that business insider comes out with this scoop a SpaceX flight attendant said Elon Musk exposed himself and propositioned her for sex. Documents show the company paid $250,000 for her silence. Oh, mm-hmm. there it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is amazing. Way to get out ahead of it, but like not tipping your hand. I love that. And also <laughs> being like, well, I'm a Republican now, so you can't. Nobody, nobody cares when Republicans touch people, right? <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, yeah, no, we don't actually. We fucking love you, Elon. Yeah, I know. It's just like everyone's eating popcorn now. Yeah, everyone's eating. We're all, well, we were we were eating popcorn while he was eating popcorn, being like, okay, wait till something comes out tomorrow. It comes out. Now we're eating popcorn. Well, who's eating popcorn now, Elon? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're no. so you're scared of being canceled. Stop lying. So let's go into the details of the story. Um, So this is according to a declaration. Um, The attendant, flight attendant, confided to a friend that after taking a flight attendant job, she was encouraged to get a license as a masseuse so she could give Musk massages. It was during (laughs) one such massage in a private cabin on Musk's Gulfstream that she told the friend that Musk propositioned her. Um, What was that proposition? The flight attendant told her friend that billionaire SpaceX and Tesla founder asked her to come to his room during a flight in late 2016 for a full body massage. When she arrived, the attendant found that Musk was completely naked except for a sheet covering the lower half of his body. During the massage, the declaration says Musk exposed his genitals and then touched her and offered to buy her a horse. If she would quote, do more referring to the performance of sex acts. Now, I, <laughs> Is that where you start with like things people might want in general? Is like a horse? Like, yeah. I love how we start with horse. What, what's next? Like a castle. Oh, do you want a horse? I'll get you a castle. You, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get you a ship. Like, I don't, it's so weirdly medieval and specific. It is. Cause I'm like, well, I mean, I need the horse lesson to come along with. You can't just drop off a horse. There's no skills that come with it from my end. You know what I mean? There's no thing that I sit on on the horse. There's saddle. No, I need months of food supply for the horse too. Like right. where, just, where's it going to sleep? You have a stable? Are you going to, you know? A hundred percent. You're assuming that this animal, of course, they're magnificent animals, but isn't going to be this thing that's more of a hassle for me. You know? Yeah, exactly. I like that. 
her tactic could have been just to bore him to death with the details of this exploitation and like clear <laughs> sexual misconduct versus just saying no, which is actually what she did. Sure. Um, yes. There is a reason apparently that there was a horse involved because she attends horse who, sorry, who rides horses. She, so he knew oh, she okay. rides horses. So I Got know it. you like horses. So horses is the way, but sorry, not even a fucking horse will get me to touch Elon's dick. Um, declined. She declined and continued with the massage without engaging in any sexual conduct. The attendant is, quote, not for sale, the friend's declaration said. She's not going to perform sexual favors for money or gifts. The incident occurred during a flight to London. Now, this happened in 2016. And from there, she, this declaration, according to her friend, this flight attendant said that, like, after she denied, she refused to give him, like, touch his penis or whatever, do anything sexual, that there was retaliation, that she was not given job opportunities, she was mm. passed over, that she was sort of, like, sidelined, um, and that eventually or sort of imminently would be fired. Um, and that's when she decided to lawyer up uh, mm -hmm. and try and, you know, figure this shit out. So she filed a complaint. And it was resolved quickly after a session with a mediator with Musk personally, uh, when he personally attended. The matter never reached a court of law or an arbitration proceeding, however. In November of 2018, Musk, SpaceX, and the flight attendant entered into a severance agreement granting the attendant $250,000 in payment in exchange for a promise not to sue over the claims. I guess there obviously wasn't an NDA. This is, again, based on mm -hmm. her account to her friend which sort of immediately like bakes in like a backup to what often so often is a he said she said type of event but like Atsuko knowing what you know about Elon and however little or however much you never even wanted to know about Elon does this <laughs> make sense in the grand scheme of Elon Musk if well, I'm still okay. I'm still thinking about the horse. Sorry <laughs> to be so hooked on this horse, but so if you're gonna pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Like <laughs> you gotta add the horse too. I mean, at a certain point, rich people don't make sense to me with their money. Rich people don't make sense to me with a lot of things. Rich people with e who are ego driven and mm -hmm. stuff. But you know, you know how like they will spend a ton of money on some dumb shit or, you know, to, to cover up, right. Mm -hmm. They'll, they'll spend a ton of money, but then that's when they'll be like, but, but not a horse. Right. Like the horse would be, I don't know what another two grand. I have no I idea. I just Googled how much, how much is a horse? $10,000. They can, they can be as cheap as 500, but, but I'm sure with the cost of maintenance, you know, that's only a few years of like grooming sure. and, and housing and all that you know, sure. potty training and, you know, college, horse college. Oh, he didn't say, he never said he was going to make sure the horse lives a healthy life, though. <laughs> he wasn't going to sit, he wasn't, right? Though It was just going to drop off a horse at your freaking, in front of your house, <laughs> right? Good luck. Hopefully you have and a And honestly, given how much he does not deliver on his fucking promises, yeah, there was never going to be a horse if she would have done any of that shit anyway. Uh, no, that's true, which says a lot. I'm just saying, yeah, exactly. Going back to like the whole $250,000 to put this to rest for my sake, you know, and it's like, oh, I knew it. Here comes here. Here I come eating my popcorn again. I'm going to watch you be a fucking liar because you never met the horse in the first place. <laughs>
Yeah. Um, it's, it, for me, I'm like, of course, this is the richest man on earth and rich, powerful dudes um, generally are sexual predators. I mean, I think there is a big time correlation between mm-hmm. being wealthy and powerful and being a sexual predator because you feel like you can get away with whatever. And not only is this this is just, you know, it's a sexual misconduct, but it is an employee. This is someone who mm-hmm. worked at SpaceX, you know, and he's done this, you know, not in a se- sexual misconduct way, but he's done this to so-called whistleblowers who've like worked for Tesla, who like love Tesla and they like want to work there, but they do, you know, they film themselves doing driving tests and like, uh-oh, the automatic driving system just threw me into mm-hmm. a bush or whatever the fuck it is. And then he fires mm-hmm. them. So he's so notorious for retaliation against unionizing efforts in his company against right. whistleblowers that of course this squares and makes sense and honestly if it's this shit that like that makes the twitter board decide that he's not fit to own twitter and to buy it like fucking great like i think that's fine that is fucking fine for a million other reasons he shouldn't own twitter but yeah add this to it yeah. I mean, I, do you think it'll be big enough? I don't know. I don't know. I think that when, I mean, and also we don't Did know. Did the money it, go through? Does he officially? Know, oh, it's, he's okay. pulling a little Anna Delvey like, ah, oh, I've, I've wired it to you. My father hasn't, you know. So <laughs> no, it's okay, there. <laughs> so it's still kind of like iffy. It's, it it like, is. Yes. The deal is hanging in the balance. It may, may in fact be illegal. Um, so currently we're kind of orphans, still staying with Jack kind of thing? We are, yeah. <laughs> or not orphans, but, you know, before, before the handoff after a divorce. Right. We're we're waiting at the bus stop right now. Um. Okay. Got you. <laughs> yeah. And it's helpful because the bus is always late. Exactly. Um, at least in L.A. where I live. It's true. Uh, I, I want to just go to his response. Let's give him a second, you know, give him a word. Not only did he... Uh, uh, preemptively defend himself by calling himself a Republican and saying Democrats were going to do dirty tricks because Business Insider, ooh, big Democrat energy up in there. Um, but he apparently said, we was asked for comment, uh, and he emailed uh, he emailed to ask for one more time to respond, for more time to respond, excuse me, and said there's a lot more to the story. And then he wrote, if I were inclined to engage in sexual harassment, this is unlikely to be the first time in my entire 30-year career that it comes to light, he wrote, calling the story a politically motivated hit piece. Now, I don't know about you, but defending myself from <laughs> very severe allegations of misconduct with, oh, so if this is true, that I probably did it before, so... How come you don't know about the other times? Like, is right. the worst defense imaginable. Yeah. It's like, oh, so you've just paid off other people? Is that what you're trying to say? Because that's very believable. Yeah, it's it is the wildest thing. I, I don't like it. He's like, oh, don't you think I would have done it when I was younger and hotter? Or I don't know <laughs> right. what he's trying to say. Right. Don't you think I would have done it when you know? my skin wasn't falling off at night or whatever with age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yet we all know that when he was younger, he was going bald and then he got the old, ye old transplant or whatever he did. So you're right. It doesn't even make sense. No, but I did want to play really quickly. You know, there's a reason why 
he came out as a Republican. There's a reason why he's calling on. He, he blew the conch shell to bring all the right wingers to the yard for his defense. Um, and it paid off in this particular instance because he knew this was going to come out. He wanted them on his side and it worked. Here is um, the five or outnumbered or one of those bullshit shows where it's like, we're women who throw women under the bus um, on Fox mm -hmm. News talking about Elon Musk and their take on it. Totally nothing to do with the fact that he's now openly and proudly Republican. This woman alleges this happened in 2016. So the timing is is kind of concerning here. It's like, why now all of a sudden? We are told we should believe all women. And I kind of believe that both the women, woman and the man in these situations should get equal hearing. That's just me. But boy, people have said it's dangerous to be a woman online right now, like on social media. It's dangerous to be Elon Musk right now, too. He's getting this from all angles. He's getting attacked from all angles. Do smart, rich men do stupid things? Yes. And that's why if the story were true, I think the time to come out with it probably would have been at the height of the Me Too era. I think there would have been a lot of people uh, who would have been sympathetic listeners. But considering um, the, the timing of this and where we are politically, the entire country is skeptical of pretty much everything. Government, media, accusations, it doesn't mean they're not true, uh, but they, they don't get the same sympathetic wash that they might have at the beginning or the height of the Me Too era when uh, a lot of people paid with their careers. Oh, you know, if you could have just timed <laughs> when you were harassed a little bit better. It's like, Do it when it's hip. Yeah, you know? It's like you can't, like, walk on crates now in May of 2022. Like, that is such an old challenge. It's just like, oh, you're so out of fashion, girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what's in fashion? Elon, for us, as of yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. No, it's it's so painful to see this. And it's also, like, weirdly, there's a little bit of, a like, an unspoken... Um, elephant in the room which actually kind of has to do with elon which is, i feel like they're like well now there's a lot of doubt on the me too movement and i feel like all they're referring to is the fact that the amber heard johnny depp fucking trial is this mm -hmm. like massive like men's rights activist far right you know like feeding frenzy where they love it because if amber is lying then all right. women are lying and uh, mm -hmm. you know and they're just so obsessed with it and so i yeah. feel like and ironically amber heard dated elon musk so who's that are we yeah on? yeah it, this is when i'm like it's 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 all connected <laughs> exactly this, this, <laughs> this is your yes uh pull, drawing drawing red lines with string oh yeah this is when i'm like maybe i will join QAnon. i'm like oh shoot <laughs> Everything is just planned out 10 years ago, isn't it? <laughs> they saw this coming. They definitely saw this entire thing coming. I mean, Elon probably did. But yeah, so there you go. Uh, uh, it's it's all good. I, I would love to see them immediately switch and be like, let's talk about Amber Heard. And they were like, she's a cunt. You know, just like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Anywho, we got to move on to our next story. Let's talk about of this, the Biden administration's disinformation board, which was recently created under the P Department of Homeland Security, has been scrapped after facing criticism from the right uh, and then having 
no idea how to deal with that criticism. The right focused on one of the members of the board, uh, Nina Jankowitz, a 33-year-old author and advocate who's written books like How to Be a Woman Online, How to Lose the Information War, and worked at nonpartisan think tanks and nonprofits focusing on strengthening democratic institutions. So this is more um, from Taylor Lorenz in, in the Washington Post, writing about how quickly this board folded. So three weeks after announcement, its announcement, the Disinformation Governance Board is being paused, according to multiple employees at DHS, capping a back and forth week of decisions that changed during the course of the reporting of the story. On Monday, DHS decided to shut down the board, according to multiple people with knowledge of it. Now, what was it supposed to do? Um, Basically, gather information about how misinformation spreads, try to combat it. They claimed um, everything from Russia's war on Ukraine misinformation to um, even misinformation about like that migrants south of the border get about when it is safe to cross, you know, um, which they claim led to the Haitian refugee crisis. I would say it's your fucked up policies. Um, But whatever, tomato, tomato, the board is also was supposed to study the best practices in combating harmful effects of disinformation and to help DHS counter viral lies and propaganda that could threaten domestic security. Unlike the Ministry of Truth in George Orwell's 1984 that became a derogatory comparison point, neither the board nor Jankowitz had any power or any ability to, to declare what is true or false or compel internet providers, social media platforms, or public schools to take action against certain types of speech. In fact, the board itself had no power or authority to make any operational decisions. So it was just kind of toothless. Now, Nina, the woman they hired to basically be one of the one of the main people on it, was subjected to unjustified and vile personal attacks and threats. This is according to a DHS spokesperson in congressional hearings and in media interviews. The secretary uh, of the secretary of department of Homeland security, uh, Mayorkas has repeatedly defended her as imminently qualified and underscored the importance of the department's disinformation work. And he will continue to do so. Um, So more on her harassment, 70% of Fox news set one hour segments after the week of that. It was announced the board was even being created 70% of those segments mention Jankowitz or the board, with correspondents frequently deriding the board as the Ministry of Truth. The Fox News coverage was referenced in some of the most popular posts on Facebook and Twitter criticizing Jankowitz. Um, And finally, um, basically, the... Those who are familiar with how the board worked, including DHS employees and Capitol Hill staffers, along with experts on information, disinformation, say Jankowitz was set up to fail by an administration that was unsure of its messaging and unprepared to counteract a coordinated online campaign against her. And even DHS staffers are basically saying, I've never seen the department react like this before. This reaction is mind boggling. Them folding the board like three weeks after they announced it, like, you know, CNN plus didn't last that long either. What was it? Three weeks. It was exactly like, I think maybe they both lasted three weeks. Um, but Atsuko, what are your thoughts on that? Like you have it. First of all, is disinformation board, was that the wrong name to use? Does that, does that strike fear into your heart? I don't think so. I mean, because it's got, 
For me, you know, I, I only have a vocabulary of like 300 words. <laughs> so I appreciate it when it's like, I know what information means. This information means not that. You know, I appreciate simplicity. Right. So I never see it as an attack as someone trying to talk to me at my level. Sure. You know? Well, yeah. So you're, you're like, I would have preferred the Ministry of Truth because that's even more direct. Although ministry, no idea what that is. That sounds true. religious. Ministry of Truth is pretty direct too. Yeah, maybe this information is a little confusing. You're right. I got I, I got confused as to what I was saying because no, no. I think the I think the board. The problem for me was maybe the word board sounded too official versus like committee or working mm. group. You know, there's a billion working groups in the White House. And underneath all these federal agencies, and you're like, just call it a fucking working group. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. if they didn't have any power to do anything at all, what, you know, just don't don't make it sound a little scarier than it was. But that being said, once you have announced it, don't fucking back out of it. It is mm-hmm. such an example of how the right wins time and time again, especially mm-hmm. when you have. I'm sorry, but kind of like weak centrists like Joe Biden and that Mm -hmm. administration be like, oh, man, own it. Like, that's so dope that you hired a 33 year old woman who's like an expert in this field. Fucking Mm -hmm. stand by it. Stand by her. And it's great. Instead, they were like, oh, the online trolls. (laughs) It is pretty losery to have set up something that wasn't going to do anything anyway. Get shut down in three weeks. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a. Kind of like, man, no, I wish I would have cheated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I didn't. Like, yeah, nothing like, <laughs> even though I wasn't going to, well, my whole thing was I wasn't going to cheat. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm confused. And now anyway. you broke up with me. Oh, <laughs> now all you have are the shitty things people said about you to continue on with your life with. Right. And it is also like, if you, I feel like it's also a, and I'm sure Nina Jankowitz understands this more than anyone. It is a failure to understand what is truly like the disgusting underbelly of the internet for what it truly is. And like her not being uh, protected or minimally insulated from that, I think mm-hmm. was also an oversight. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're like, you knew that this, as soon as they figured out it was a 33 year old woman who wrote a book called How to Be a Woman Online, forget it. Yeah, they were so ready to eat her alive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I wanted to just play this one little clip. Uh, This is, oh, this is uh, Peter Ducey, who uh, is notoriously an idiot, but actually asking a fairly relevant question um, of uh, of Katrine Pierre. I can't remember her full last name, but the new. Press Secretary Biden's press secretary. A follow-up to the disinformation board. Last week, you guys said that you needed this disinformation governance board at DHS to make sure that freedom of speech is protected across the country and that these platforms are not used for forms of disinformation. So what changed? Look, the Department of, of Homeland Security, they began their statement report, re- repeating that the board had been intentionally mischaracterized, which is a little bit of what you were asking me, and they were explicit about what it does and doesn't it does not do. Uh, it was never about censorship, pol- policing speech, or removing content from anywhere. Its function was to keep Homeland Security officials aware of how bad actors, including human smugglers, uh, transnational cr- criminal uh, organization, and foreign adversaries 
adversaries could use disinformation uh, to advance their goals. As Secretary Marco said, he has asked uh, former DHS Secretary Michael Chernoff and former DAG uh, Jamie Gorlick to lead a thorough review, this is the pause that I was talking about, and assessment as members of the Bipartisan Homeland Security Council Advisory Council. The board will not convene during that period, but the departments work across several administrations uh, to address disinformation that threatens uh, the security for our, our country is critical and will continue. So that work is going to continue. So, so if it's pausing because you think the board was mischaracterized, then the disinformation board is being shut down because of disinformation? Is that what's happening here? Look, I mean, the, the board was put forth for a purpose, right? All right. I'm going to end there. But yes, it is pausing because of disinformation. The disinformation board got disinformationized. Dang, we're such losers. <laughs> Just put an L, tattoo an L on our foreheads. We're losers. <laughs> oh, my God. And that is uh, Katrina Pierre, uh, by the way. Uh, we, but we have to move on. Speaking of losers, not, not my guess, but what she <laughs> reports on and writes about. Uh, super excited to have her here. Given everything that's going on in the crypto world, the cryptoverse, I don't know how the nerds refer to it. Um, but she's a software engineer, Wikipedia editor, and creator of Web3 is Going Just Great, a website cataloging grifts in blockchain, crypto, and the NFT world. Please welcome Molly White. Hi. Hi. Yay. <sighs> Molly, so good to have you here uh, to explain a lot of this. I really like your site, um, and I want to talk to you about it. Um, like, okay, just explain Web3 is Going Great. But really, what the hell is Web3 for people who don't know? And what do you guys track on your site? Yeah, so um, I guess we'll start with Web3 is basically the idea that um, the new web, the future of the web as we know it, will be based on blockchains. And so everything that you do online will involve a cryptocurrency or an NFT or, you know, your data will all be stored on the blockchain instead of with Google or, or those types of things. Um, and my website, Web3 is going just great, tracks how what has been sold to us as the future of the web and the future of even humanity itself is not going very great. Um, it has been just disaster after disaster. Uh, and so I sort of have used my site to just chronicle every hack and scam and just terrible idea in some cases uh, that we've been seeing both in, in Web3, but also in crypto more generally. If you can remember, what's one of the worst ideas in the Web3 world that there have been a lot of dumb ones? What's one of like just comes anything come to mind as like one of the dumbest you've tracked? There's a recent one that definitely springs to mind. It was called the Feminist Metaverse. And the idea was the idea was not very clear. I don't know if they know what they wanted to do, but um, the idea was that they were going to fix uh, gender inequality in the metaverse. And so even if you're oppressed in real life, you won't be oppressed in the metaverse, I think. And also if you're pregnant, it won't matter was kind of the big one. Oh. I'm pregnant. What does that mean? It won't matter? Like, you can just yeah. be unpregnant they basically, there? Like, like, I can get an abortion in the metaverse? I think it was like, no one will know, <laughs> so you can't be discriminated against or, or something. It was very unclear uh, exactly. The, the whole white paper read very much like it was written by a man. 
Um, huh. And probably like a, an anti-feminist, maybe. Right, right. If you're in the metaverse, then we won't want to rape you. Yeah, you know? it, it said something about how they will greatly reduce the impacts on women's normal uh, or on women's work and inequality in wages brought on by their physiological differences and pregnancy, which is not, it's, that's not something <laughs> any feminist has ever said. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So they're just saying, well, because it's not real life. Is I guess. That- and so invest now. Well, and then unfortunately, I was actually my involvement with this was not writing about how to, how bad of an idea the project was. It was writing about how they had five hundred thousand dollars stolen from them in a hack. Oh, not wow. Which is very common. I wanted to before we talk about like the regular crashes, like the the boom and bust of the market in crypto. I wanted to ask you about scams. So. I was just reading last last year in like seven months, apparently crypto accounted for six hundred and eighty one million dollars in scam losses. Um, You guys reported actor Seth Green just got hacked for like some ape NFTs, uh, four of them because of a phishing scam. How easy is it to actually hack and fish in the crypto world in Web3? I often question why I de- decided to just write about it instead of going into that field myself, um, <laughs> because it seems to be extremely easy to do. Uh, it happens constantly, like multiple times a day. Which is insane to me, like that, that it like the promise of crypto that it is safe is one of them is that it's safer, right? That's sort of like the, one of the primary ones. And yet you got ran like you random fishing, like you need to reset your password. Like, okay. Like, why not? Like um, it is. And even like Seth Green's not even that old. I'm just like, it's, it seems it's so ripe for that. Um, Okay. So let's talk about the crash. Let's talk about like the actual, What's going on now? Cryptocurrency has been crashing without getting into too many of the I find them incredibly boring details of like, what is Terra or whatever? Um, Do you think these bubbles and bursts and the bull and bear market swings of crypto, um, is that part of a pattern that you see? Like, is this going to get even worse Um, or is it like, no, it's just this one time. It's fine. I mean, just look at the Bitcoin price chart over history and you'll see that this has happened several times now where Bitcoin has, you know, gone very high in price and then crashed back down. And then, you know, people get interested again and it goes way back up and then it crashes back down. And I think, you know, it's kind of the only thing you can expect to have happen from a technology that is basically reliant on enough people believing that it has value buying into it. And then as it, you know, the value starts to go up and up and up, more and more people buy in. And so it goes up and up and up. But what always happens with speculative manias, and we've seen this in history with tulips and beanie babies and all kinds of different things is once that sort of uh, inflection point is hit and people start to go, wait, does this actually have value? And then they start selling everyone starts selling and then it crashes down and you know, you wait till the next time, I guess. <laughs> have I, have I bought in a lie? Is this all a lie? You just wake up in the middle of the night and start selling. I, <laughs> that, 
And 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 yet, I, I want to ask you. I mean, it might seem to be obvious, but who who have you seen is the most affected with and by these crashes in such a volatile currency? I mean, it's pretty much always the people who have too much money into crypto that they can't afford to lose. So you know, there are obviously huge investors that get into it. There are you know venture capitalists that are playing around with it. And they, sure, they lose money, but, you know, they are used to losing money to some extent. They can usually handle the risk. My heart does not exactly bleed for them. I did not create the website because I'm so worried about the future of venture capitalists. But um, what we see really when these things happen is that the people who are truly, you know, majorly affected are people who did not have a ton of money to begin with and who often were sold basically a lie that, this is a stable way to store your money in some cases. We saw that with the stable coins, especially that people were told, yeah, you can use it like a bank account. Um, mm. But, you know, also just people who were told that, you know, working your nine to five job is not going to, you know, change your place in the world. It's not going to make you suddenly able to send your kids to college. So you have to do something risky and crypto is the way to do that. And you can make a ton of money. And so people do. And they put their money in. And then when something like this happens, they're the ones who are left with nothing. Right. Mm. And can I ask you, why did you actually start the website? Like, you, why did you get interested in, to, in this? And also, has it been hard? Meaning, have you been on the receiving end of, like, trolling and folks angry at the kind of tracking that you're doing? Um, yeah, I mean, I started the website largely for the reason I just mentioned, which is that, you know, crypto in its early days often was really just kind of on the fringes. And so the people who were putting money into it tended to be the people who are already willing to put their money into sort of risky speculative schemes and generally had some idea of what, you know, what the actual risk was. Um, or it was the technologists who were interested in it for, you know, technological reasons, or it was like the libertarians who wanted to, you know, see the end of fiat currency. And like all of those people, I kind of was like, you know what, do your thing. Not a huge concern for me. You know, I'm right. not super interested. But when I started to see it being branded as like Web3, it'll be the future of the web. Everyone will be using it. You know, your grandma should put her money into crypto. That was when I decided, you know, I really felt like I needed to start paying attention to it and speaking out against it because it's, you know, it, there was this very huge shift where it was basically, we were seeing it being mainstreamed, you know, the crypto ads at the Super Bowl and, you know, ads on the side of buses in London and, you know, things like that, where it was really trying to get the average person to put their money in. And I was like, I don't think you're seeing what I'm seeing on this side, which is just scam and hack and scam and, you know. All these different yeah. things. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot to take on. That's like a responsibility, though. Like, I'm like, you can, I see a lot of stuff, but I'm, don't start websites that then, like, <laughs> may, like, whistleblow and collect uh, all those kinds of stories, you know? So I, I just, hats off and thank you for doing mm -hmm. this kind of work. Yeah, well, for sure. Um, it's a weird, interest i guess i i find some amusement in doing it uh, as well so for oh for sure can i ask you okay bust this myth for me and for crypto bros and brodettes um bitcoin is democratized money is that true it's not i mean 
you know, Bitcoin is one of we we look at, you can look at Bitcoin and you can look at the number of wallets that hold Bitcoin, um, which is not necessarily represent an individual. So like one person can have multiple wallets, uh, for example, and um, about 0.01 percent of people of wallets that hold Bitcoin control 27 percent of the Bitcoin which, you know, you hear about the 1% in the United States, which is like 1% of households hold about 33% of all wealth. So Bitcoin is actually like way, way worse <laughs> than the U.S. financial oh. system. And the idea that that is somehow democratizing finance is absurd. I mean, it's, it's just making the rich richer, which is the opposite of democratizing finance. I know you've mm-hmm. said that there are like some good things about crypto, um, like what are what are, what's like what's the best case scenario in your mind after witnessing the, this NFT Bizarro funhouse world of 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 Web three? Like, can it be successful? Can it be useful? Can it be helpful if it's regulated? Or does that regulation in and of itself sort of defeat the purpose and the reason that people are so excited about it, which is to scam a bunch of folks yeah, and to make sure that they can get off and make, make out with a bunch of money and never have to be held accountable. I mean, I think one of the best things about crypto is that it works well to sort of shine a light on some of the issues with the traditional financial system, because there are serious issues with access to banking and, you know, the distribution of wealth in this country. And, you know, the reasons that people are even needing to engage or feeling like they need to engage with crypto to begin with, those are all huge and very real problems. And so I think this sort of nightmare that is crypto has in some ways effectively, you know, shown a lot of those problems. Um, But I don't see crypto as the solution to those problems. In fact, I think crypto is liable to make a lot of those problems much, much worse. Um, And even with regulation, you know, I think I think sort of what you just said is very accurate, which is regulation, I think, will take away a lot of what is so appealing about crypto, which is that you can do things right now that are sort of outside of the bounds of the law. You know, you can set up Ponzi schemes and you can, you know, evade sanctions or launder money really easily. And so as soon as, you know, people start talking about mainstreaming Bitcoin and, you know, all these big payment processors are going to take Bitcoin, it's like, yeah, and they're also going to implement anti-money laundering laws like are are currently required. And then, you know, all of the fun of Bitcoin kind of goes by the wayside. Right. Absolutely. As does the government of El Salvador. Yes. Uh, My heart goes out to the Salvadorans with their dumbass millennial fucking Redditor of a president. (laughs) Their president. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he's doing. He's just having like a midlife crisis. I just was reading that like, now they're using a volcano to power the Bitcoin mining. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. It's, yeah, it's very um, Dr. Evil kind of, I think. 100%. Um, well, thank- so would you suggest my grandma keep hanging on to the bag of gold that she still has in her closet? I mean, at least it's not Bitcoin. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I always thought, wow, you're so old school, grandma. People are doing like this crypto thing where people just kind of believe. They just believe in this thing. <laughs> and she's like, she's very tangible. She's like, no, no, I got this bag of gold. <laughs> it's 
got it. Like, yeah, I got to jangle it around. Um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Does grandma have a, an NFT yet? No, no. No one's I, made an people... NFT of you, of her with the potatoes? No. People have approached us about it. And I, I, I feel like I learned the most about it just now <laughs> on this show. So, yeah. And you're telling me it's don't. So, I would well, suggest don't put that. your money into it. <laughs> Molly could be saying, "Put someone else's money into it." Sure, but put my, my image out there. That's okay. I would not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'll just hang here with our bag of gold. It will just and sell it on eBay or something. Just when it, when in doubt, rely on the gold. Invest in gold. I love how your grandma's <laughs> like an invest in gold grandma. Which is oh, amusingly yeah, yeah. A, kind of a talking point of a lot of the crypto people who also love gold. <laughs> really? Oh, they also love gold. Yeah, too. they well, they love the gold standard specifically. They they like the idea that money was once one to one with gold, as if that didn't actually play out badly in history. <laughs> Right, of right, course. Right, right. Yeah, grandma knows that. That's why she hasn't done anything. Yeah, like it's, in a, it's in a bag in case. <laughs> right. It's her emergency <laughs> gold. <laughs> Except you could argue. I mean, gold has use. You know, like it. It works in electronics. It makes pretty jewelry. You know, <laughs> if Bitcoin, right. You know, was used as an electrical component, I might be more interested. <laughs> yeah, if you could, if you could open a bottle with an NFT, I'd be like, okay, I kind of see the value. <laughs> But so far, no one's been able to do that. Um, yeah. Any final final words from you, Molly? Any final? We are on the internet, so some people might be invested in crypto here. Um, mm-hmm. Well, um, don't invest more than you can afford to lose. I suppose is my advice. If you must do it at all. <laughs> there you go. My uh, my husband my husband does have some money in Bitcoin. But he's like, but I didn't, I haven't lost more than I put in. And I'm like, it just, I'm just like, it's not my money. I have to keep on telling myself, like, <laughs> it's not my money, but it is because we're married now. Oh, Anywho, <laughs> let's move to our final, final segment. Um, Molly White is staying on, but, but everybody uh, uh, follow Molly on all the socials. Uh, we Let's plug right now, Molly. What, how can people follow you in your work? Uh, my Twitter account is Molly0XFFF. Nice and easy one to read out loud. Uh, <laughs> and then the web the, the website that I run also has a Twitter account, which is Web3 is great. Uh, and then there is also Web3 is going great.com. Amazing. Everybody follow that. And let's get into the final segment, you guys. Uh, apropos of some advice that taylor swift dropped on uh graduating class of whatever the hell this year is um at nyu uh i want to talk about everyone's cringiest moment this is the cringies but about us secondly learn to live alongside cringe No matter how hard you try to avoid being cringe, you will look back on your life and cringe retrospectively. Cringe is unavoidable over a lifetime. 
Even the term cringe might someday be deemed cringe. I promise you, you're probably doing or wearing something right now that you will look back on later and find revolting and hilarious. You can't avoid it, so don't try it. All right, there you have it. Taylor Swift um, just uh, telling it like it is when it comes to cringe. And uh, I, I am will stand by what I am wearing forever. <laughs> it's a simple gray shirt. I got it, I think, at uh, Crossroads or one of the, you know, places. And a gold <laughs> chain that maybe the gold chain I'll be like, this is dumb. But I don't. I like my I stand by my lip color tonight. Uh, but no, mm-hmm. this is Taylor Swift at NYU, which is my is it alma mater? I don't know. I don't I went to NYU, so I'm not that smart. Um, I did go to NYU, so it's fun to see her there. Go Violets. Also, fuck NYU. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's an overpriced bullshit uh, school. But um, you can't avoid the cringe. And it's kind of sweet to have like a pop star tell us that you can't avoid cringe. Speaking of Atsuko's initial statement on this show, anyone who goes out of their way to be forever cool is yeah. immediately annoying. Also, yeah, and and it's just not good for you either. It stunts your growth. Yeah. You have to be open to being like, ooh, I failed publicly, you know. <laughs> also, that gold necklace, my grandma would happily <laughs> take it. Put it in that. the bag. Yeah, <laughs> if, if one day you change your mind about it, like you said. Yeah, like, we all look really cool here. We all look really Everyone's awesome. Cool. But I want to <laughs> ask you both and everyone in the chat, what is a time, a thing you did a period of your life where you were cringe, where you did look back. Now you look back and you're like, oh, shit. Um, I can go first. Sure. I uh, I used to be into jam bands, guys. Uh, when I was at NYU early, like I was like 17, 18, and fucking String Cheese Incident, Fish, fucking oh, okay uh, that's jam bands hell oh, okay. yeah so is that like ska is it ska no or something? no oh. it is okay high me- high white men with hacky sacks jamming for oh. an hour uh and in that hour no women or people of color play instruments in that entire time that's what a jam band is uh, oh. some of the music is good look i'm gonna like look Tranastasio, you fucking you you good? Like I'm not gonna totally throw fish under the bunch under under the bus. Mm-hmm. I've been elbowed by a lot of dudes trying to ska or dancing in jam band concerts. <laughs> they dance like this, right? Like the feet are like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doing okay, perfect... I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> I okay. I just had to say. I just want to understand really this genre. Uh, <laughs> jam bands. It's like a it's like a, a shroomy NorCal, even though they're not all from there vibe of like lots of instruments whatever someone explained jam bands i don't fucking why do you think that's cringy that you were into that sure like you know there's aspects that could be improved like you said only the white guys could touch the instruments for whatever reason um because it first of all it got me out to see music which i don't think is cringe i think that's awesome like i would go out and like see music all around new york but it it was just kind of the one of the lamer genres (laughs) music like okay okay it's just so you have to be so high 
to be like, oh, this this guitar solo or this thing. Like you just you have to like never leave the 16 year old high version of myself back at home. And and like my like high school boyfriend was into jam band. So that's why I also got into jam. Band. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit of like, this is what I want to do. But like low key, this is what like the guys I dated also were into. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, um, sure. Yeah. And my hair couldn't dread. And so like I could never really like be <laughs> one of those jam band girls. Got it. Sad. Okay. That may have saved I you see. some some of the pictures to look back on, though. <laughs> yeah, hundred wow. percent. It really did. Oh, <laughs> it, I would have like, had dreads. It sounds like the heart of it was like inauthenticity a little bit too, right? Like you're saying, like it was what my boyfriend was into, and so you just maybe adopt a persona, right? You know, we've mm-hmm. all been like, now I'm a this person, you know? Oh and yeah, hundred percent. Um, oh yeah. Either one, Atsuko or Molly, cringe, a moment, a thing, something you said. Do you, do you want to rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, ready? Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, wait. paper. You change, wait, you, you changed you, it. It was tied at, at, at rock. I was, I was okay. still going. <laughs> okay, okay, rock, okay. rock paper, paper, scissors. No, okay, rock, paper, scissors, go. Is it I used to shoot. <laughs> Oh, I think you know what? How about rock, paper, scissors, learned, go? Okay. Right? We learned how, yeah, okay, ready? good. Okay, rock, that's not ready? how we play where I came from. Okay. Rock, rock paper, 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 scissors, scissors. Shoot. Go. Shoot. All right. Okay. Molly. Okay. Molly got scissors. Osco's got paper. Osco, you go. Okay. All right. Um what well, I think it has to do with like when, when you're like super you think you're super earnest about it. And I think it still goes back to the inauthentic to yourself thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because you I, I went through a phase where I was like, maybe I'm like, you know well, I wanted to s- contribute, you know, during like Trump years and especially when he first got elected. Yeah. But sometimes you just realize you maybe you're not a political comedian, you know? Maybe you're not like People don't come to you to hear about that. You can be into it. You can read it. You care. You can care. You can try to do all the things to try to change uh, the world. But you don't. It's not. Nobody comes to me to see what I have to say about Trump. Right. Uh, <laughs> you, but I made you come a video. On the bituation room. Sorry. Uh huh. You wait. Wait. There's a video. Yes. No, no, no. Yeah. I come onto the vituation room to provide, you know, just my personality and my conversations to, to you, you know, I, in whatever ways I can support. Yes. But, uh, I'm not going to host a vituation room, you know, very important to this, know that. I, I wouldn't yourself. wish this pain on anyone else, Atsuko. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, you look like you're having a ton of fun, you know, and <laughs> so that's you. great. I do enjoy it. But wait, so there's a video? What did you do? How did you know you were not, you're not George Carlin of now? Well, it wasn't even like a talking clip. So I did an interpretive dance to Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill. <laughs> no, is it Running Up That Hill? Maybe it is to Running Up That Hill. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and, uh, I have like an American flag and like, I like dance interpretively. Um, somebody just like, yeah, it said like USA on like the sidewalks. So I danced ne- next to it and then I like peed or like quote unquote peed on the flag. It's just like so earnest. It's like so embarrassing and, yeah. That's really funny. That doesn't sound that earnest. You've joke peed while running up a hill to Kate Bush. That sounds kind of funny. 
it, it's it's like not you were so. like i meant it as art <laughs> yeah and it's like what are you like people huh. don't know what you're doing like people <laughs> watching were like i think this is going to be a bad video like innocent bystanders who were there just trying to have a good day because i was in the streets running around shooting this and yeah so it's on unlisted on my youtube i don't delete it because i want it to be there to remind me <laughs> In case I ever stray away from my actual interests ever again. That is so funny. Thank you for telling us. Uh, no, of course. Yeah. Um, Molly, cringy moments of your past that Tay Swift wants you to embrace. So the one that comes to mind, like you're talking about it being earnest or not. This was very earnest and genuine. <laughs> it wasn't for anyone else. Yeah. But I did go through a very serious unicycling phase when I was younger. That's cool. That's why I'm saying Ernest is good. Except I wasn't I very would... good at it. <laughs> you don't have to. It's about Ernest, like being Ernest and actually being into the thing yeah. and it being authentic to you. Mine wasn't authentic to <laughs> well, me. Well, this was authentic, right, unfortunately. Right, right. But now you're looking back. Were, would you like also wear a sort of like a Victorian dress with like a little like bustier, not whatever the thing no. is on the butt? <laughs> So and like yeah. have a little monkey with a monocle. Oh, sorry, I'm there's a weird. Imagine. There's like circus unicycling, but then there's also this like subculture of unicycling that like do cool tricks. And I was like, I really wanted to be a part of that, um, but yeah. I couldn't do any cool tricks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's. I think it was like. I go. I'd sign off on that today. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I can ride a unicycle as a result of this. That's well, at least I could, you know, ten years ago. I don't know if I still can. What is the trick of riding a unicycle? You mean like what's the secret to it? I mean, besides shamelessness, obviously. But what's <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> key. <laughs> what's, and and balance it, and balance. Right, right. Is it like a hella core? I doubt it <laughs> because that that was not me. Um, I think the secret is you always just have to sort of like if you sort of are always about to fall forward, then you can just kind of keep up with yourself. But as soon as you start to go backwards, then then things go downhill. Like if you are leaning backwards, so you just sort of are always a little too yeah, far forward. Leaning, totally, totally. Which is why I can't do most sports like skiing I hate because I'm always like I don't want to go into the mountain and you're like well you're gonna fall then you have to like always lean yeah into the danger yeah Um, wow I like this unicycle peeing in a Kate Bush interpretive dance (laughs) against the Trump administration I have to see this Atsuko I think this is all progress. This like is leaning forward. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? Cheryl Sandberg like- does love leaning in. <laughs> we're good feminists now. Um, and to top all of our moments, you know, because these have been really embarrassing. And um, thank you for being so forthcoming. But there is someone who has done something far worse than either of us or anyone in the chat has ever done. Uh, and he had a little bit of a moment of recognition of, his past cringe by creating a new moment of cringe. And here is George W. Bush speaking about how terrible the war in Ukraine is and how awful Vladimir Putin is. Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. 
The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he says uh, one man's decision to launch a brutal and unjustified war on Iraq. I mean, Ukraine. And there's no coming back from that. Like, there's no just even there had to have been a, an acknowledgement of what a fucking Freudian slip that was. And so he does like Iraq, too. And then you kind of see like deep into his little hollow soul that like dick cheney ate out with a watermelon scooper you know like a mel like a melon ball scooper just like you see him in all of his fucking guilt right there like well iraq too anyway i'm a painter now don't lock me up <laughs> yeah yeah the the comeback i was saying a little bit earlier like just as a comedian if i was judging it as a comedic performance sure uh 75 saying the age his age was pretty pretty good yeah but starting a war pretty bad right. so and yeah we <laughs> like i couldn't tell if it was i'm 75 as in you know i can't remember these things and i get confused easily uh, which is not an excuse because homie would get confused a lot during his time in office when he was a lot younger or if For it sure. was like i'm 75 i.e don't lock me up now. I don't have that much more time. I don't want to die in prison. Oh, no. I think right. he was saying it out loud. So he remembered how old he was. <laughs> it was, it was, I'm 75. I am George. And he probably had to <laughs> say the city he was in too. George, exactly. Uh, speaking about Russia. Okay. Got it. Uh, he's call it phone type situation. <laughs> right, right, right. Except with all the crimes that you committed. Um, 100%. Amazing. No one is more cringe than that, you guys. But tell me all your cringe in the comments section. We're going to exercise it here and accept it just like Taylor Swift has told us to. And with that, thank you so much, Molly White, for joining me. Everybody follow Molly on all the socials. Um, go to Web3. Um, uh well sorry i'm forgetting the name web3 is going great.com <laughs> web3 is going great.com i just it's really fun to look at and also just watch all these the, these incredibly um yes harebrained schemes like the feminist metaverse uh go up in flames so take care molly Come back on soon. And Atsuko, we got a little bit more of showy show show for the Frantifa. But for the people who are not part of the Frantifa, where can they find you and your work? I'm at OtsukoLive.com yeah. or Atsuko Comedy on my socials. Yeah. Any shows to plug coming up? Where are you going to be? I'm going to be, I'm going to be in Berkeley and... Uh, Minneapolis and Hawaii, Honolulu, oh and then God. yeah, so you'll just see it on OtskoLive.com. Hell yes. All right. Thank you so much, Otsko. Uh, see you very soon in the bonus, and thanks everyone for being here. Um, for all of the people, just a few comments from the uh, the chatty poo. Uh, Todd Roy says, when I think of Dr. Oz, I think, why can't spontaneous human combustion make a comeback? Was that a thing before? 
she said as she rubbed her belly. Um, Elon on Elon Musk, uh, Camperman 5000 says, Musk, I am now a Republican. An hour later, allegations come out. Musk, I'm being attacked for being a Republican. That's exactly what it was. (laughs) He just tried to summon any kind of like forces, just anyone who would like help him. And he knew Democrats probably wouldn't. Zero P.E., says, I will never understand why rich people people continuously try to get sex from people that don't want to when there are plenty of sex workers out there that would gladly do whatever they want. Exactly. You've got all the money. Remember how you could pay for this? And or you could invite someone on a date, maybe not someone like your employee, but you could invite somebody on a date, flaunt your money around. Isn't that how you got the the weird one what's her name grimes sorry um the weird one uh disinformation board um central screw scrutinizer scrutinizer that's right uh on twitch what up says strikes fear into the hearts of the purveyors of it uh that's the disinformation board right only if you actually are disinforming should you be afraid deposable thumb on Twitch says white house bullshit brigade. I love that. See if I'm when I'm president, when bullshit brigade, um, Dave, thank you so much for the super chat. Hef, thank you for the super chat writing. Uh, I only invest, I only invest in friends only Dr. Oz is magical beans as well as well. One day you'll all be sorry. I think I understand that. Uh, And thank you, J320. And a couple of cringy things I wanted to shout out from the chat. Um, Zero PE says, I still like Creed and Nickelback. See, that's... I can't say anything because you're part of the Frantifa, but if you weren't... Um... Big ol' F.U. Cake says, clove cigarettes, so cool. Wow, that is something, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, cloves, come on. Uh, Camperman5000 also says, hammer pants. Did you partake? Because uh, I gotta see pics. I mean, I don't actually want to, but like I just said, I, you know what I mean? In theory. Uh, anyway, and thank you to everyone who has supported this show. And without further ado, let's do the fart song. Patrons at 10 bucks or more got this shout out. Get the bonus content, of course. Michael Donnell, Tony, KGS, Matt Gates on a white four Bronco. Bronco, welcome back, my friend. Dylan North, thank you all so much. You're wonderful. That's the cue for Joseph L. Thank you so much, Joseph, for your being a big tipper. To the Twitch subs, Aussie Plant Dragon, Justzar, uh, Jim L1975, Metal Kitty Mom, Glitteriest Lady Dread, Tempo Dan918, Seattle Dragon, and Amish Amic Amicish. Thank you. And thanks for all the super chats and um, all the good people in the world. Um and uh, also, thank you to, I believe Monique is her name for my for my bracelet. She sent this to me and it was very sweet. Um, and earrings that I'm not wearing. But thank you guys so much. And to everyone who works on the show, Paige Omek, to Alexandra Orness, who's on the other side of the chat over there, to Maximilian Inhoff. We stream every Sunday, 5, 8 Eastern on Twitch and YouTube at Franny Fio. Follow the Twitter 
follow the Twitter. It came out, Boomer. Uh, at Bituation Pod, um, TikTok at Franny Fio, and Instagram at Franny Fio. If you are a patron, make sure you're sending me in those comments for our AMA, which is coming up next week. Um, send me an AMA at Bituation at gmail.com, and I will, t- I will put all those in audio format for all the patrons. That is another perk that you get. And remember, y'all, fight the power. Fuck the patriarchy. And don't just bitch about it. Viva Bye.